Hi, I'm Amber Harper, host of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Be sure to check out our other podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, midterm number four. In this episode, we talk about lists and Google Maps. An organization to help your class make global connections. A quiz-making tool powered by artificial intelligence. Features of Google Tour Builder and Creator. The Layers option in Google Earth Voyager Stories. And we share an awesome book all about geotools that you need to get. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Kim. Yeah, Kel. How does the ocean say hello? Hmm, I don't know. Tell me. It waves. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, Jen. Hey, Kelly. Uh, why did the spider go on the internet? Why did the spider go on the internet? It wanted to build a web page. I knew that's what they could do with web. Awesome. Good dad jokes. Okay, so we are here, Shooks and Gif, and it's Jen and Kim, but not the Kim that we are used to hearing, everybody. I have another friend, Kim, along with a new friend, Kelly, for midterm number four. Welcome, Kim and Kelly. Why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about who you are and why you're here? Awesome. Um, hey, everyone. I am Kim Randall. I am a um, EdTech consultant slash trainer slash professional developer. Um, based in Northern California, sometimes, um, more often found, um, on planes, hotels, automobiles, not very often on trains, although I probably could be if I wanted to anyway. Um, but, uh, and also the co-author of, um, bring the world to your classroom using Google geo tools. Excited to be here. Thank you, Kelly. Hi, I'm Kelly Kermode, and I hail from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I work for Forest Hills Public Schools. I also uh, train and develop different online curricular tools, etc. And uh, I am a co-author with Kim on um, Bring the World to Your Classroom Using Google Geo Tools. And I'm just excited to uh, be discussing some of these different applications for your classroom. This is just a big passion project for Kim and I, and uh, we're excited to share some of the details with you guys. Well, I'm really excited to have you here. I met um, both of you last year at ISTE. They were presenting in the EdTech team uh, booth in the expo hall. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll sit with this. And I sat with my friend Andrew, uh, Fenster Maker, and we were, you know, waiting for the presentation. And all of a sudden they started talking about all these things that you could do with GeoTools. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, mean, I was so excited. Everyone else there is calm. And I was being typical me, but sort of to the nth degree, because I was so like, 
GeoTools is something that I don't really know a lot about. And like, if, if you're going to learn from anyone, it's the two, these two ladies that we have here today. So I'm sure a lot of their shares will be around that. Uh, Kim and I uh, presented at uh, a summit together this past summer uh, up in yep. Thunder Bay. And she blew my mind there too with some of the knowledge. And I looked through the book. I bought it immediately. You have to check out this book. It is gorgeous. It's full color. It's everything you need to know about GeoTools. It's, it really is. You read it. I did. I sat down. I read it cover to cover. It doesn't take very long. It probably took me a couple hours, like at a computer and, and playing around. But I learned so so much, and I feel like I I only scratched the surface with what you guys actually have to offer. So I'm wondering if maybe one day there might be a follow up, but maybe that's not an announcement you're going to make on shoes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe uh, one day. Maybe, maybe one not. day. I know because you know it's super easy to write a book. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> At any rate, okay, let's get into our <laughs> shares. Uh, we'll go maybe the same way that we introduced. Kim, why don't you start? What share do you have? What do you want to tell us about that you have an aha with? All right, awesome. Um, thank you, Jen. And yes, that was super fun to see you at ISTE. Um, and I totally was telling Kelly the other day, I'm like, do you remember Jen? She was in the audience and she was asking all these great questions about whatever we were doing to a creator. And I was like, this is so fun. So thank you for being such an active participant. Well, that that <laughs> was right when they released the fact that you could put voice notes in your tours. Oh, and yeah. I, I was just like, I need to play with this now. And it wasn't working on my phone. I was grabbing my friend's computers. It was, it was, it was awesome. That was super fun. All right. Awesome. So my um, little share and aha is actually um, in a tool that many of us use every single day. Anytime I ask folks in a workshop, you know, how many of you use Google Maps? Everybody raises their hands. And I say, what do you use it for? And they say directions, right? And that's about it. So this was um, something that I had seen in my personal Google account for a while, and it's kind of been hovering, kind of hovering there, um, but I didn't see it in the education accounts um, or the, the, you know, the EDU domain accounts, and now it appears to be there. So um, it kind of makes more sense to share it, um, to, you know, share this. So one of the things um, that you have, there's actually a ton of stuff buried in Google Maps, but um, over on, um, the left-hand side in maps, when you're searching, you have this, like the three bar, I don't know if you guys call it hamburger or hot dog or... We actually on the show call it pancakes. So we have oh, the waffle, we have pancakes and those three dots we call Timbits, because in Canada, I donut love... holes are called Timbits, because yes. Tim Hortons is like, yeah. So I love uh, those are the pancakes, yep. Yeah. So if you go to the pancakes in Google Maps, yep. Yeah. Go to the pancakes. And if you go down to your places, um, and you'll see there's a whole bunch of other stuff here to explore, but if you go down to your places and once that opens up, you'll see you have four different kind of categories um, of, of places and some things, maybe things you have labeled like home or work. Mm -hmm. um, and then some places you may have saved. So as you're searching maps, you star places. I have <laughs> my map, my map is just crazy because I have stars everywhere for all my travel. And then I have places I want to go. And those are the little green flags and then the favorite places and hearts. So I have all kinds of stars and hearts and flags all over my maps. But um, but one of the other things you'll notice um, when you're in this little saved area is you should have a, um, a plus with a little blue circle. And once you're there, you have this option to make a list. And I'm, I'm still kind of curious where Google's going with this, but I think the idea is that now you can make a list of all the places you want to go on 
whatever trip or whatever field trip or, you know, an excursion. Um, and so, you know, I have a list, for example, of um, I was recently in Edmonton um, doing some instruct would call instructional support. So out visiting schools. So I put all my schools that I was headed to that week in this list. So that way it was easier for me to find them when it was time to get in the car and go. Um, so you can make it appears unlimited number of lists, there may be a limit, um, but it's pretty slick. But then once you create a list and you start adding things to it, you then get some Timbits, three dots. And when you click on those three dots, you kind of get some other options here. Um, and what I love about this is you have some sharing options. So I think the potential here is then eventually you could have a collaborative list. So huh. maybe, maybe you're planning a field trip right and you share this list with your class and they're going to be doing some guiding or exploration of the places that you have pre-saved on your list so oh, right so could i do it then non non sort of edu way um to do things let's say someone is coming to toronto and i know a lot of, and i can make a list of all my favorite places to eat and so you're coming to toronto and i share that list with you and i'm like here are the places that i love to eat and go to yeah yeah, that's, that's cool. Totally. That's like, but I still even think for field trips, you know, yeah, we're going to be sure. exploring, exploring all of these different places or even a virtual trip, right? You're having your kids, kids do some exploring or same thing like you were mentioning, you know, you're reading about, um, you know, a character or, you know, somebody in, in historical fiction or, you know, whatnot. And you kind of save a bunch of places um, that were either mentioned in what you read or maybe a short video clip they saw and you share that list and they go and explore some of those places. So yeah, I, think, I think that would be cool too, because then if can you, if you get street view on that, they can look around and see, okay, this yeah. is what it's like, especially if it's, if it's present day and they yeah. can say, okay, this may have added to the like, contributing factors to the character's behavior or the reactions to this, because they can see, okay, this is, seems to be a place that's really wealthy. So of course, when they see this, you know, person in a hoodie yeah. and they're looking, they're, they're going to feel alarmed because it's a gated community that you may not know about otherwise or something like that. Oh, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Lists in Google maps. Yeah. Lists in Google maps. And I don't, you know, I don't know if maybe eventually they're going to be collaborative. You know, who knows? You never know. Well, um, they do like to make things collaborative. So yes. Yeah. So that would be pretty slick if down the road there were, you know, in these sharing settings, like, Hey, let them either see it or let them add to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very so cool. that's one of, one of my ahas. It's been kind of hovering and lingering, but hasn't really gotten much attention that, right. that I'm aware of. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay, Kelly. Yeah, so I want to just talk about uh, recently we've talked about the going away of Google Plus. I don't know if you've covered that on the show or not. We we haven't actually talked a lot about it on the show because it, it sort of came out and then we weren't sure. But go ahead and tell our listeners how we're going to lose G+. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, it's kind of coming down. Actually, the, the, the landfall's coming down pretty fast here now. Yeah, yeah the windfall. Um, that Google Plus is starting to, some of the services and the features are gonna start to go away. Your content is gonna start to go away. And one of the big communities on Google Plus is the collaborative classrooms, the connected classrooms communities, where you find other teachers to do hangouts with, talk with, do mystery Skypes with, yeah. that kind of thing. So 
there is a company out there um, that I just kind of want to introduce to people called Empatico, E-M-P-A-T-I-C-O. Yeah. And it is a service um, provided to educators to connect you with other teachers. It is free. It uh, is completely underwritten by the Kind Foundation. If you know the Kind Energy Bars or the Granola Bars, yeah, um, they have a they have a foundation that has completely underwritten this. And the team is fantastic, passionate individuals. And they, you can go on their website and register as an educator and start to put in kind of the activities that you're looking for for your classroom and connect with others. Very cool. Are they vetted, the classrooms at all? Do you know? I don't know. I do know that the um, company itself is kind of, they act as intermediaries. Right. So you just, you're not, it's not like, hey, you're set on this without any instruction or without any guidance. They are very involved in the process. So Yeah. Yeah, it seems this way. Like I know when I've set up Mystery Hangouts, Mystery Skypes with classes before, because I we did a whole lot of that a couple of years ago in our district. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of like you going back and forth and, oh, we missed it. No, the time zones are wrong. And this makes it look like I'm on the site now and I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Like it's it's really like they really do a lot of the back end stuff to make sure that the connection is, is seamless and easy for the teacher to make Make sure that you get what you want which is that connection not the headaches about making the connection and 100 free for educators i love that we love for that's our favorite four-letter word right in uh, in education yeah absolutely it looks like yeah because you get mad they do the matching it looks like yeah and they yeah. they actually take all that that headache stuff away from you when we spoke with them they were just super happy to be able to provide this surface for teachers and to take that the extra work element out of it mm -hmm. yeah they even have in here some activities yeah it's here's about yeah. activities yeah. to spark empathy curiosity and kindness among students around the world so it's not only just okay get together but they actually have yeah. a whole little and they say time it's almost like a mini lesson plans around which seem like their key goals as an organization so oh, it, our local it, landmarks everyday energy folk tales to learn from festivals mm -hmm. around the world so like you can dive into this and not only be like what are we going to do and it's all around the sustainable global development oh, goals yeah yep. very cool yep yeah and those and those were some of the, the kind of the the strands or the ideas that that we were hoping that would um present themselves in our book too part of that was you know yep. you know how do we get our our kids to understand and connect with the world in this, you know, empathetic and you know, community type of um, of fashion. So we were yeah. really ecstatic when we saw saw them at ISTE. Yep, this is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It's it certainly is a, a neat way to facilitate if you're looking. Like when we talk about you know breaking down classroom walls and making our our students global learners, this is definitely something that can uh, that can facilitate yep. that. That's a really great share. Thanks, Kelly. Yep. Okay, I have a share. I, I'll start with my itty bitty shooky giffy. This was something that I learned today and I showed Kim. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm today, I'm gonna talk to Kelly and Kim and I'm gonna share this. And, and she sort of looked at me like I had an extra head and she's like, you, you didn't know that? And I was like, no, I, I didn't know that. But it's one of those moments that I love where it's like, what do they, what do they say? Um, Every day to you, but amazing to others or whatever the, the adage is. Yep. I was creating a Google form and I'd imported an image of my Bitmoji into it. And you know, it, the, when you have that, when you create a form, you have the little icon for image and I put it in and the image is there and it's always big. And I'm always like, oh, it's way too big and whatever. And I just happened to click it. And I knew you could like center it with the, the Timbits that are beside it. And you could, you know, justify it, all that sort of stuff. 
But I clicked it and all of a sudden the blue box appeared around it with the little dots in the corner. And I went, hey, and I dragged the corners and I found out that in a Google form, when you insert an image, you can resize them so they look nice in your form. New learning to me, and I'm going to imagine that I'm not the only one. I think that there's probably a lot of people who put an image in and then go, oh, it's too big, and then just take it out because they don't realize <laughs> that was me. So that's my itty-bitty Shuki Giphy. You can resize the size of um, of images and forms. Really exciting to me because, you know, I didn't know that. New learning. Um, other, oh, awesome. But I will go on to an actual real share. I will share um, – I found – I, I was on Twitter one day checking my notifications and I'd been followed by an, an account called Quillions, I think it was. It's Q-U-I-L-L-I-O-N-Z, Quillions. And I thought, oh, okay, what what's this about? And so I clicked it and I followed through and I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. And what, what this does is it creates quizzes through machine learning and AI. So you insert text of some sort. Um, they say, you know, you can upload a PDF and they give you guidelines like this is good, like YouTube video, not good. Um, P clean PDF that can be read o OCR, good. And then it scans it and automatically generates possible quiz questions wow. for you from the content. Now, they have a bank of topics already and when i pulled out from their bank they did short answer they did fill in the blank when i put in my own i just i went to any like a random website about how to write a good essay and i copied that in and it was mostly fill in the blanks so i think right now and you have to fiddle with them sometimes if the sentences are too long i, I was sitting with some some um secondary teachers who teach english and they were playing with it and they're like oh it's a little good but i think it would be really good for formative like just to see if students have the gist of a passage after they're reading it to know, okay, these kids have it or these kids need further scaffolding or instruction on this topic. And it's a way to do it without sitting there and having to like put a whole lot of time into it if it is just for that formative. Now, playing with it some more and as it develops, it might become more robust, but it's certainly something to check out. I had not heard of it before. I don't know if either of you have heard of it, but I, I think it's a, it's a neat place to go to explore um, when you're looking into assessment, especially to when we're looking at how AI can impact education, just going to the forefront of that and even showing students and having them have that discussion. I think there's some value in that as well. Absolutely. This looks pretty yeah. slick. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe that's that. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Kim, pretty share slick. number two. All right, um, so my other um, share um, is, is one that it's a combination of one that's been around for a little while, but it's kind of added features that may be new to some people. So this one is centered around Tour Builder, which is a site that a Google engineer created to be able to create web-based tours that look like Google Earth tours. And yeah, and this was actually, it's been in beta ever since it's come out and it's going to stay in beta. What's slick about it, it's it's kind of a hybrid between slides and, and mapping because you can have uh, markers where people go and then text and information and pictures um, and create a tour. And it used to work that the tours would play with the Google Earth plugin on the web while the Google Earth plugin went away. So now you're sort of working with this, it's kind of slow and choppy when you play a tour, 
Um, but there's some other options to take that tour that you've created in Tour Builder and then open it in the new Google Earth, which is the web-based Google Earth. Oh. Yeah. So if you are on a on a tour and you open it up and you know, let's say you're done and you're you're ready to to kind of share it, um, you can come and over. Just, I don't I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to ask, did you say this is done with tour creator or tour builder? Uh, sorry, builder. Builder. Okay. I know it's confusing. But <laughs> Could, do you wanna, let's take a minute for our users who aren't clear on GeoTools. What is the difference between Tour Creator and Tour Builder? What's your 30 second, this is what the difference is? Tour Builder, um, in my opinion, is more of like creating a story or a tour on around the world or just anywhere in the world um, where you can go from place to place and you're putting markers like pins, place marks. You're adding text and pictures and it's a tour. Tour Creator came along last May and it uses the street view imagery, the 360 degree imagery to let you um, add points, I guess, points of interest in a 360 degree image um, and add text and audio to those and then go on and add another 360 degree image, add text, audio, pictures, etc. So it's more of a 360 degree imagery tour. So it's um, more immersive. Immersive, tour exactly. Yeah, and I, they can be opened up in um, cardboard and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas Tour Builder, these um, will they will play right in Tour Builder. But um, what Google has done is they've made the connection to Tour Builder to the new Google Earth, and that lets you take your tour and now open it actually in the new Google Earth, and it'll actually let you save it in your places in Google Earth. Um, and then play it as a tour and it runs a lot smoother. And now you can get into the um, the tilt and the rotation and the 360 degree imagery in that you have in Google Earth. So Tour Builder is, is still sort of using this kind of flat mapping medium in order to create your tour, but then you can open it in Google Earth. And the way you do that, once you have your tour finished, if you come over to the pancakes and you'll see in the drop down, you have some options, and one of them is to open in Earth. And so that oh. takes your, yeah, that takes your completed tour and then it pulls it all that, you know, data and information, all the text and all the pictures, the whole tour into Google Earth, and it will let you go in and, uh, and play it. And then you can now interact uh, with all the Google Earth tools along with your, um, your tour. The other option, and this is getting a little geeky. A little geeky and a little advanced. The other option there, uh, right below it, is export. And the export will let you export it um, as a KML file. And what that is, is a file. Hopefully it's the language that, um, that, that files that work in Google Earth run on. Um, so it's, it was a keyhole markup language, I think is the actual, I hope I got that right. <laughs> yep, we got that right. Um, it's the file or the code that lets you take, for example, this tour and open the whole thing and import it into Google Earth and it'll play as as a tour actually in Google Earth where you don't have to have both windows open. The other great thing is that these KML files can be saved in Google Drive. And then in Google Earth, you have this option. Um, once you turn on the option to import KML files, you can import a file from Google Drive. Ah, so if I make one, I share it with you, yeah. you can open the ones. I can share it with my students. Can I push it out as an assignment 
like make one for every student. I wonder if that's what would be one of the options in the Google Classroom. I think what has to happen, don't they have to add it to their drive first? I believe there's there was a little bit of clickiness, like they have to go in. I'm not sure you can make a copy for each kid in class. But you might be able to say, that, make it, share it out, view they, only, and then they could do a file, make a copy and save it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or save, yeah. Or just save it to yeah. their drive. Very cool. They have to save it to their drive. And then they can go in and import it into Google Earth. So yeah, another option for uh, for you to you know share or create a tour. Um, this is this is the that moment opens. that all the geography teachers listening are like driving off the road <laughs> in excitement. Hands at tens and two people. Hands at tens. Stay on the treadmill. Stay on the treadmill. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. awesome. And if, and if you miss how to do all that, all the how tos are in our book. That's right. Okay. Take take a peek. You guys have a website to accompany the book. We do. I'm going to get yep. that from you and I'm going to share that in the show notes as well because I'm sure some of what you've said and probably more will be there. So if you want to do the deep dive into more Google Earth tools beyond what we've said, this is the place to go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. like in so in the book, we have a bunch of custom links that yep. link link to additional pages on our website um, that have all, you know, extended how to's information and other other ooh, other classroom ideas awesome. and whatnot so yeah that's awesome so my next share out actually is a, this is a good segue from talking about how to publish to google earth if there are teachers out there that have yet to even dive into what's kind of living in google earth right now mm. you can go to the new google earth on the web earth.google.com slash web, or you can just Google it, it'll come up. It was a game changer, right? When when it went from like a standalone program that you needed to web-based, that was yeah. when all of a sudden, yeah. literally like the skies opened and now we can yeah. literally go to earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, with something like 60 million Chromebooks out there in the world, you can't download that application. Right. So right. in order to make this ubiquitous, they had to, they had to come up with a solution. Yeah. So Google Earth on the web is definitely a gift for everybody. So the navigation, they kept it uh, pretty minimalistic so that you have these icons on the left when you go to Google Earth. And their tagline for the Voyager stories are, grab the helm and take take a voyage. So there's a, a ship's wheel or a captain's wheel yeah. um, on the left, one of the icons. And if you click on that, it takes you to what they call their Voyager stories. I have explored these and they are so Fun. They're not only fun, but they're actually growing in number. <laughs> they keep adding yeah. to them. Is it only the team or can people contribute them yet? Uh, right now it's only the Google team and then some special guest contributors. So if you go to the Google uh, Earth Voyager stories, there is the last option kind of of their little menu are the layers. And seeing as that we've just been through some pretty phenomenal global weather, I think we grew up understanding that the world was pretty warm, hot around the equator. And as you move towards the poles, it got colder. But with the temperature of the earth changing, it brings up good dialogue. So under the Voyager stories in Google Earth, uh, you have a layer called uh, current global temperature. And this is updated at every 15 minutes. I mean, it comes from live weather data and you can yeah. zoom in and zoom out. And then, I mean, you have the option to switch between Celsius and Fahrenheit. But the, the deal is the imagery speaks volumes. 
you can look at the earth and just discuss its temperature and you know is does it follow that old adage that it's colder around the poles is it is there something morphing here can can the kids then then you start to ask your kids why or hypothesis um questions yes yeah, makes for good inquiry it really does yeah mm -hmm. so and kim and i we we've talked for extensively about kind of our mission and why we're so passionate about global education and we really think that you know as kids get older as we get older as humans our curiosity lessens and one of the great reasons to dive into global origin stories is just to to spark that curiosity again and to get kids asking questions i would highly yeah i'd highly encourage uh teachers and, uh, Take a look at this. Yeah, and for me, the the just the visual of this is just <laughs> so impressive. Yeah, like you know, especially last week when it was just all coming down yeah. North America, and you know, like it literally, it was like California, the West Coast, and Florida were like not impacted. <laughs> yes. The rest was like blue and pink, and it was a oh yeah. When when I saw this sort of, it almost looked like an, an inverse parabola coming down yeah. with all yeah. the blue. I was like, yeah. what is going on? So there's math in it too, in looking yeah. at things like this, right? There's a lot of inquiry you can do. I would love to see that, like a timeline. So like, much like they have in Google Maps that you can go, if, I don't know if listeners know this, but if, you have, if you're in Street View, you can say, okay, show me the Street View to show development of an area. And we do a lot of land acknowledgements um, around like truth and reconciliation with the indigenous peoples of Canada. And one of the favorite mm -hmm. ones that we do is a digital literacy consulting, consultant team that Kim and I work on is we love to show when we're giving a land acknowledgement in a place that, you know, is, is fairly new. We like to go back to, you know, the last 15 years and just show development in that time. So imagine since the beginning of time, yeah. and then we acknowledged, you know, indigenous presence and, and um, all the important things around that area. I think that would be really awesome. cool here too. Yeah, like historical global temperatures well, would be pretty amazing. Or even just to forget historical, the last week, like we in, in Toronto mm -hmm. have yeah. had a, a, yeah. a temperature yeah. difference of 30 degrees. Yep. Amazing. So it would be really neat to show and then where, where does it happen and mm -hmm. like what yep. would be your ideal? Let's say you really wanted to, and if you can, if you were able to see averages, like what's your ideal mm -hmm. temperature, what's your favorite time of year? So where should you move that is traditionally like that and why, and then have them explore that as a, um, an inquiry would be really neat too. I love these layers. I've been exploring them a little bit more. There's like 24 hour global precipitation to show like, you know, kids, the rain, sea surface temperatures. So comparing, yeah you know, land temperatures to water, current radar. There's, there's the, a lot um, of really neat stuff. The in sea here. surface temperature is really great to do um, during hurricane season. You can really oh, see, yeah, the typhoon, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the water temperatures that are so warm. Pretty amazing. And then there's a brand new one, it looks like. Watersheds of the United States. I hadn't seen that one. That was not there last week, I don't think. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that was there either. I think that's pretty new. Yeah, cool. So they're always adding stuff. They're always adding stuff. Very cool. Very cool stuff to explore. Have you seen this? And I, I can't speak too well to it. When you search for a place in maps um, and you, you, you go there and you, you see the marker and then you get all the information down the left-hand side, I guess, sort of like the little info card where you can save it, send it to your phone, share it, et cetera, et cetera. There's this, I don't think it's, totally new it's been floating around but it's not really talked about uh, below the address there's this thing that has like i don't know it looks like a little plus with dots yeah i'm looking at it now I, I i've never noticed yeah and that's that's new they're called they're called plus codes the idea behind a plus code is that get, they're trying to use it 
um, looks like for when an address isn't available, you'd be every every place will have a plus code, whether or not it really has an address. Yeah. Oh, so if I'm like out at like Coachella, going through the desert, and want my friends to find me, I could send them this uh, yeah. plus code. If you have a student lost on a field yeah. trip, they could send you plus their code. plus code. Please yeah. don't lose your kids. Yeah. On field <laughs> They've got you know six or seven letters and numbers. Yeah, the one that I have has a plus sign in it, like a plus sign in the plus code. I, you know, it looks like you can copy, you can copy the plus code. You know, it's just another one of those things that kind of started to show up one day, and I was like, yeah. hey, what's that? What's yeah, when I click mine, when you actually click the little plus icon, um, it gives an option to copy, but then there's the little info yeah. I beside yep. it, like mm -hmm. the letter I, and it pulls up a help and it says find and share plus codes, and it actually explains in there what they're all about. Oh, and it looks like if you drop a, a marker, you drop a marker anywhere on the map, you can get the plus code, right? Like you were yeah. saying, uh, I'm in Coachella or I'm in Yellowstone National Park or yeah. I'm up in Banff on this trail that doesn't have an address. That's actually really, really great for um, emergency, you know? Mm -hmm personnel. Okay. Ladies, I want to thank you so much um, for coming on Shooks and GIF and sharing your knowledge of GeoTools. Once again, the book is Bring the World to Your Classroom Using Google GeoTools. Um, it's a great read. It's a beautiful, full-color book, and you will learn so much. I highly recommend that people uh, check it out. Great one even to have in a professional learning um, library. Yep. So buy it for your school and put it there and, and share it. Um, and it's one that you go back to, like when I've needed things, I, yeah. I go in there and the companion and we'll put the, the links to your, um, your website awesome. in the notes and where, where can we, what's coming up for you guys? Is there anywhere in case we have listeners around that they might see you if they're like, Oh, I'm interested in learning more. I wonder where these ladies talk. Are you doing anything? I will be at NC ties early March. Awesome. That's Kelly. Okay. Kim. Yep. And we're scheduled for the Q conference in, um, March in, uh, yeah, in Palm Springs. Yep. Um, we have a actually a, a meet the authors coffee. Um, so come, Jen, to coffee edu, or meet the authors coffee at Q, whatever they're calling it. Um, and we'll have stickers and books and sign books and take pictures and but you can buy books and all that good stuff. Awesome. Um, and then we have a hands-on workshop, another two-hour um, workshop similar that we did. Yeah, that would be fun to, at FETC. So that same day. So everything is for us is on the fifteenth. March 15th. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you're, if you're going to Q, spring Q, you will find Kim and Kelly. You will find me. We can do like little selfie yeah. group things. We'll all have stickers we can. So yeah, it'll be very fun anyway. Okay. Thank you very much ladies. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Listeners check out Google earth and the other great tools. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at bit.ly forward slash shooksandgif. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-H-U-K-E-S and G-I-F-F. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. Or by tweeting at us using the hashtag shooksandgif sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go.
Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.